great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. Welcome to all of our listeners. So thankful to have this opportunity again to be with you and to get into God's Word once again and dig deep into those rich teachings and truths and glean from all of that wisdom and instruction and knowledge, the promises, the blessings, the encouragement, the hope, and yes, also the corrections and even the chastisements and rebukes. But all of those are there to guide us into the best life that we can live as a human being. With the greatest direction, and that's toward heaven, and the greatest hope, and that is for eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you're continuing to study with us regularly and that you are learning more and more from God's Word. And as that happens, that your faith is growing stronger and deeper. Faith, after all, comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. And as your faith in God grows stronger and deeper, you should be coming closer to God. And our prayer is that you will not just come close to Him, but you will come all the way to Him through Jesus Christ, His Son and your Lord and Savior. Believing in Him as such, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly, and surrendering to Him in baptism for the remission of your sins. At which point the blood that he shed on the cross is still absolutely effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And as you come up out of that watery grave, and I say watery grave because baptism is a burial in the water, immersion. And as you come up out of that watery grave, you come up reborn spiritually. A new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. In Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3. Galatians 3 and verse 27. You're a new person spiritually. You're forgiven. You're saved. You're in Christ. And you're on your way to heaven. Our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you. We would love to send you the free Bible study that we always offer. And we mean free. We don't want you to send us anything for it, and we'll even take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask for it. We'd be glad to send that to you, and that will show you exactly from Scripture how you can have that promise that we just described. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Eternal life in heaven with God and Christ. At the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready and ask us for that material, and we'll be glad to send it to you. You can also receive a copy of today's program or any of the programs and search the scriptures, and again, they're free, and we'll take care of the postage. So have that paper and pen or pencil ready and jot down the information by which you can contact us at the end of the program today. Now let's get back into our study. We've talked about big sins and little sins and the fact that the Bible doesn't differentiate. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. He doesn't say big sins or little sins or horrible sins and not so bad sins. He doesn't say really heinous sins, but yeah, kind of inconsequential sins. 
There's no such differentiation. He says the wages of sin is death. Sin. Now, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 tells us that sin is transgression of God's law. And again, it doesn't make any distinction between big sins and little sins. Simply sin is transgression of God's law. We read in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, about a whole lot of sins that Paul lists there as being such that will keep us out of heaven or keep a person out of heaven. He says, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now what that means, will not inherit the kingdom of God, is they will not be in heaven. We look at that list, and it's pretty extensive, but it's not all-inclusive. It's not exhaustive. It doesn't include all sins because at the end of that list, Paul says, and the like. Or the King James Version, I believe, says, and such like. Now, that's kind of a catchphrase that says anything else that could be comparable, anything else that would be similar to these kinds of sinful practices and actions will keep us out of heaven. So we need to pay attention to sin. Now, as we introduced this particular study, we talked, about, we talked about how people tend to focus on the great big sins, but they tend to overlook a lot of times what they might consider to be smaller sins, not so bad sins. I use the illustration of somebody and of course, we've all heard the reports, probably, virtually every one of us, have heard the reports of a little child drowning in just a little swimming pool in the yard. Maybe only a foot of water in it. But the child is only a toddler, one year old, two years old. Mom and dad step away for just a few moments, come back, and the child has slipped under the water and drowns. Or maybe they have their little one in the bathtub and they're giving that little one a bath one evening, and they step out of the room just for a few seconds, they, it seems to them, maybe to get a towel or a wash rag or, or to answer the phone, perhaps. They come back quickly, and, but in the meantime, the child has slipped under the water in that bathtub and has drowned. Probably almost every one of us have heard similar reports to this. Now, that's not an ocean full of water in that little inflatable swimming pool in the backyard, which we've seen a hundred times or maybe a thousand in people's yards. That's not a big river of water or a deep lake of water in that bathtub. It's just a little bit of water. And yet, a person can drown in a foot of water. Maybe we've seen the depiction in movies or on television programs of somebody having a car accident and running off the road into a ditch and the ditch has, is full of water and, and, and they're pinned and 
their faces under the water or in danger of going under and and somebody's there trying to hold them up because they don't have to be in the ocean. They don't have to be in a big river. They don't have to be in a deep lake to drown. They can drown in a foot of water. Well, again, the wages of sin is death. Not the wages of the great, big, humongous, horrible, terrible, heinous sins. Just the wages of sin. Sin. Now we looked at, in our last program, we looked at adultery. A lot of people would say, well, that's a big sin. We need to stay away from that. We looked at the fornication. That would be basically any kind of sexual immorality. And a lot of people, again, would say, well, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Although in our culture, both of those classifications have become more and more commonplace and more and more winked at or just kind of brushed off, but they're right there in that list of the, by the Apostle Paul as sins that will keep us out of heaven. And still, a whole lot of people, maybe most, if you really pinned them down and, and, and got them to really speak their conscience, they might say, yeah, yeah I, I know, those are really bad sins. Idolatry, as we noted, goes all the way back to the original Ten Commandments for God's designation as being a sin that will be against his will. One, it, it's one of those original Ten Commandments, and he says you don't make any images. You don't bow down to them. You don't worship them. You don't put anything, any image, anything you might call a God above me. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 5. You could also read Jeremiah chapter 25 and verse 6. Idolatry, the worship of idols, was something so serious, even for God's people, the Israelites in Old Testament times, that they continually struggled to remove themselves from the practice of worshiping idols. Now often they would still believe that they were attempting to worship God, but they'd worship idols also. And God continued to punish them for that practice. Continued to punish them. They ultimately lost their homeland because of their practice of idolatry and all of the unfaithfulness that went with that. God removed them from their land, used their enemies to punish them, to destroy them, and to remove them from their homeland. There are still a whole lot of people in the world who practice that pure form of idolatry. But you know, there are a whole lot of people in this country even, or in what we might call the quote-unquote Christian world, they practice idolatry. They make images and they bow down to them. They pray either to them or through them. And when you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and you read verses 3 through 5, I don't see how you can read that and not understand that what they do is a violation of that very text. But it's not just the images that we need to be careful about. We need to understand that Christianity 
is a higher law than what the Israelites were given in Old Testament times. We could think of it as the ultimate fulfillment of that law. In Matthew chapter 10, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Jesus says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You see, we cannot put anything above God. We cannot put anything in our lives above our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there are people who put all kinds of things ahead of God and ahead of Christ. They don't think of them as being idols, but in effect, they have become their idol. In Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 37, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. With all of our being, with everything that we have, with everything that we are, we cannot put anybody or anything before God in our lives and still be pleasing to him. Well, these are some of the big sins that we would pick out from Paul's list in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. There's another one that we would all say, oh yeah, that's really bad. That might, well, we might say that's one of the worst of all. I don't know that we would say, that we really could say in actuality that it's worse than any of these others. But we would recognize that it certainly is a heinous kind of sin. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, we read, Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of, uh, of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, Paul writes. Now back in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 19 through 21, he lists murder as one of those sins that will keep us out of heaven. And here we read it here. Murderers, murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, manslayers. Big sins, we would say. Big sins. But now, let's look at another text. And this really ought to give us pause for thought. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15, the Apostle John writes, and remember he's writing this by inspiration, this, he's simply the penman, this is God's word. He says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So you see, it doesn't have to be the physical act of killing a person, murdering them, that is classified as murder. John says, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. 
and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Big sins, huh? Yeah. Big sins. But that's not all of what Paul put in that list in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. We might even pick out some others in that list that we would say, yeah, that's a big one too. Yeah, that one, that's pretty big. But I would suggest to you that there are a whole lot of things that he put in that list, a whole lot of sins that a lot of people would say, what? That's going to keep me out of heaven? Those little sins, as some people would classify them, those one foot of water sins. Now, some of these others, murder, adultery, fornication, those kinds of things, idolatry, they might be like drowning in the Pacific Ocean or drowning in a deep water lake 80 feet deep or drowning in the Gulf of Mexico, falling off a ship someplace and sinking under and never coming back up. But Paul lists some other one-foot-of-water sins, and he says they'll keep us out of heaven as well. What about those little sins that some people might call them, those one-foot-of-water sins? Well, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, Paul says hatred, hatred. What did we just read in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15? Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hatred. I think a whole lot of people would not classify hatred necessarily as a big sin. They might think, well, you shouldn't hate anybody, but they might consider that a one-foot-of-water sin, kind of a more inconsequential thing. You ought to try to get that right in your heart, but, you know, it's not something that's going to keep you out of heaven. Paul says it is right there in that list. Whoever takes part in these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, he says. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin against him. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. And again, remember what we read there in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15. If you hate your brother, you're a murderer. And, you have no, mur and, and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In the fourth chapter of 1 John, Beginning with verse 20, he goes on and he says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. A liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment, so this is not a suggestion, this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now this is not talking primarily about brothers in the flesh, physical brothers born into the same family physically. 
This is talking primarily about brothers in Christ. But do you see the principle there? Do you see the principle that condemns hatred? You don't hate your brother. If you hate your brother, you're a murderer. And then it goes on and says anybody who is a murderer does not have eternal life abiding in him. You see how serious this particular sin is? And yet a whole lot of people would think, well, you know, a whole lot of people hate somebody, but that's probably not going to keep anybody out of heaven. Paul says it is going to keep people out of heaven. One of those one foot of water sins. You better be careful when you're splashing around in the waters of those one foot of water sins. They can be just as deadly as those great big sins that people would tend to designate, like murder. You can hate and be guilty of murder. You can hate, and that can lead, actually, to the physical act of murder. You need to be careful about those one-foot-of-water sins, you see. What you can get into and what they can lead to. The devil's a great deceiver. Remember what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27. Do not give the devil a place in your life. No place whatsoever. Not an inch not a quarter of an inch. Guard against him in your life. James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now he told us how to do that in the next verse. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's how we effectively resist the devil, by drawing near to God. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Be careful of the one foot of water sins. We're going to look at some more of those that Paul lists and that a whole lot of people would think are kind of little sins, one foot of water sins, and yet you can drown in a foot of water. So be sure to tune in next time. Now in just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us and you can receive that free Bible study. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. And it's all free. We'll take care of the postage. Contact us right away.